What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Russell Starr is the executive chairman and CEO at DeFi Technologies Incorporated, a digital asset investment firm bridging the gap between traditional capital markets and decentralized finance. The company trades under the ticker symbol DEFTF. In this conversation, we discuss Bitcoin, decentralized finance, public markets, regulation, equity and debt markets, managing the balance sheet, and where innovation is happening today. I really enjoyed this conversation with Russell, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is BlockFi. BlockFi provides financial products for crypto investors. Those products include high-yield interest accounts, U.S. dollar loans against your crypto collateral, and a no-fee cryptocurrency trading platform. BlockFi also just released a brand new Bitcoin Rewards credit card. It's a regular credit card that when you swipe it, you get Bitcoin back rather than cash or airline miles. I've got it. I'm an investor in the business, and I absolutely love the credit card. Highly, highly suggest checking it out and learning more. You can start earning today by visiting BlockFi.com POMP. Again, BlockFi.com slash POMP. Next up is Choice. It's time to stop paying capital gains taxes on your Bitcoin, and Choice is here to help. Choice is rebuilding the way Bitcoiners approach retirement by making it possible to invest in Bitcoin and 19 other digital assets inside your IRA. Right now, every time you make a trade, you have to pay capital gains taxes that can be as high as 37%. Choice enables you to trade real Bitcoin, other crypto, and stocks without having to pay a dime in capital gains. The best part, they just released an iOS app so you can open an account in less than 10 minutes and take control of your future from the palm of your hand. Join me and the 20,000 other Bitcoiners who have started their tax-efficient stack and open your Choice account today. You can search in the App Store, simply search Stack Sats or visit choiceapp.io slash pomp. Stack Sats is the search term in the app store or choiceapp.io slash pomp. Now, don't forget, if you want to hold your private keys, Choice lets you do that too. Start stacking tax-efficient sats today and visit choiceapp.io slash pomp. Last but not least are my friends over at Circle. If you manage corporate or institutional funds, you've probably looking for ways to access opportunities in crypto. You see the growth and momentum and want exposure. But a lot of institutions don't know how or aren't comfortable with the risks of Bitcoin or DeFi. Now there's a new investment that's built specifically to help institutions get into digital assets. It's called Circle Yield. It's a blockchain-based investment built with USDC, the leading dollar digital currency. Circle Yield is over-collateralized and fully secured with Bitcoin collateral to protect your funds. This also makes it a great fit for crypto institutions who want to diversify their treasuries and reduce risks while staying on chain. You get your choice of terms from 1 to 12 months and a fixed rate that's higher than what you'll get at a bank or in many fixed income markets. Visit circle.com slash pomp to book a meeting with one of their experts. Again, circle.com slash pomp and go book a meeting with one of their experts who will help you manage your corporate or institutional funds in a more attractive way. All right, let's get this episode with Russell. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. 
Russell, what's going on, yep. man? How, how are you? Good to good to chat, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, I've got a ton of different questions. Uh, first yep. of all, I should say as a uh, uh, what disclaimer or whatever, is that this is the only other stock that I own outside of uh, GBTC. And it's because I've been working with you guys on a whole bunch of different things uh, that yep. you guys are, are working on kind of like in an advisory role. So let's get that out of the way. But what I yeah. want to understand is uh, when you look at one being a public company, and playing yeah. in these markets, you're obviously on the Canadian uh, Stock Exchange. Talk to me about what advantages you get from being a public company versus being a private company, and then we'll get into some of the stuff that you're actually doing. Yeah, well, look, Anthony, as everybody knows, uh, regulatory changes and frameworks in this ecosystem, this this really fast-growing ecosystem, are, are it's kind of one of the big dominant themes. And so actually having uh, us being able to list these DeFi protocols as ETPs uh, right now in Europe um, you know, sort of ticks that regulatory box that that a lot of the nascent protocols don't have, and and it's what some of the SEC and and the U.S. Uh, regulators are looking at. So, um, a having ourselves listed, um, it gives people exposure basically in a sort of a broad based sense to the to the entire crypto space. Um, but then also having our underlying products listed also gives, I suspect, a lot of comfort to the regulators because it's the you know we are on a on a traditional listed regulated exchange. And so that's, that would be the best way to answer that question. Yeah. And then walk me through how you think about your business in terms of the various activities, because you guys are doing all kinds of things from launching ETPs all the way down yeah. to making private investments. Like, how do you think about, you know, what is the product suite look like today? Yeah. So, so, I mean, our three business lines, as we sort of um, explain them are obviously the ETPs and, and our AUM has just skyrocketed since we started uh, about nine months ago. Um, then, of course, it's uh, infrastructure and governance, which is our node management business. And, and as I'm sure all your listeners are aware, you know, as you accumulate more and more and more um, AUM in, in specific protocols, you can actually uh, petition to, to, to manage their, one of their nodes. And that's what we're doing across the board for all of our products. Uh, but then the other really cool space, and obviously thanks to you and 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 your network and and as well our team's network, um, we we do invest not a lot, but but um, into really nascent, interesting sort of VC opportunity type um, uh, DeFi protocols. Um, so we were co-investor on the Sovereign uh, Play, uh, you know, lots of stuff like that. And and really, you know, when it gets down to it, the way I p pitch DeFi to to a potential investor is I just say, look. If you want a, a broad-based exposure, like not, not a minor, um, if you want broad-based exposure, so we have, you know, a BTC ETP, we have an Ethereum ETP, Solana, Cardano, Polkadot, and we're about to launch uh, Metaverse and gaming ETPs. Um, you can get uh, sort of that holistic, diversified exposure through our three different business lines, which... You know, and, and just being blunt, I mean, I, I love the miners. Um, one of our founders uh, created Hive Blockchain. Uh, one of the other guys that's involved, Johan Wattenstrom, created CoinShares. So these are these are deep legacy smart people. Um, but uh, being able to get sort of that generic diversified approach where you're not just long, you know, Hive or Hut or whatnot, I, I think is a real benefit to potential investors. 
Got it. And so I've got a couple of questions about this. One is you mentioned yeah. Sovereign, right? As everyone knows, yeah. uh, I had invested in that and uh, they yeah. were trying to uh, bring a lot of the decentralized financial type applications uh, and have them built on top of Bitcoin and kind of interface with Bitcoin. How much of a thesis do you guys have on the underlying infrastructure of where these uh, types of decentralized financial applications will get built versus you just look at the applications and you're like, hey, they're going to end up being uh, kind of chain agnostic. And, and really the uh, yeah. comparison to the historical, you know, way that technology unfolded is right now, uh, everyone is looking at YouTube. 99.9% of people couldn't tell you what the underlying yeah. technology of YouTube is. Go to Google. Nobody knows what the tech stack of Google is. They just know they go to an interface, they type in something and Google spits out an answer and they like yeah, it and they yeah. keep using it. Like, how do you think yeah. about that? Look, we are basically to your point, relatively agnostic. I mean, I mean, you're looking at the equivalent of being able to invest in 1994 um, into Yahoo, Amazon, right? Like, and this space is growing two times faster than the internet, um, which a lot of people don't understand. And then on top of that, a lot of people are really challenged to get into the space just because, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable opening a Coinbase account or a Kraken or a Frax or whatever. Um, so, so what we do is, is we sort of say to ourselves, look, here's your top 75, top 100 protocols in terms of market cap, in terms of growth. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of these gaming and, uh, and metaverse uh, protocols enter into that top 75 or top 100. Um, and we try to, to just be sensible and smart about, about launching ETPs uh, in products that people actually really, really have interest. But then on the other arm, it, it's that VC sort of style of investment. To, and to your point, you know, why wouldn't you want to take a look at an opportunity for sort of the first ever DeFi protocol based on the Bitcoin chain? Um, you know, will it be the dominant player? I, I don't know where 10 years is going to take us. And I don't know what this ecosystem is going to look like. All I know is that it's going to be one heck of a lot larger than where we are today. And so um, maybe I'm, I'm being a, a little bit political in the way I answer your question, but, but agnostic, you know, Solana, we love Ethereum. We love Bitcoin. We love sovereign. We love eventually we don't know who the winners and losers are ultimately going to be here. It's just making sure that you're exposed to the space in general. Um, and so hopefully that answers uh, the, the, the question you had and the way we're thinking about it. Yeah, what's fascinating to me is you're, you guys are obviously a publicly traded company that have regulatory yeah. bodies that oversee you and your activities. So th there's an element of like what you do, you have to put incredible care into uh, and, and make yep. sure you don't overstep any of those uh, those rules. Talk to me about this node business, right? So obviously yeah. things like cloud computing, uh, mining, yeah. we, we pretty much yeah. know that those are great businesses. They're great from a cash flow perspective. We literally had the CEO of Compass Mining, a Bitcoin mining business yeah. on the show yesterday. Uh, we haven't talked as much about nodes. Uh, what are you guys doing there? What does the economics look like? How do you decide yeah. wh where to do it? When do you refrain from doing it? Just talk to me about that business. Well, you, you know, some of the products you, you wouldn't ever do it for. Um, you know, ultimately, if we launch something um, like an equity wrapper on Ave, and 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 just to be clear, we're not looking at that right now. That's that's not something where you're you're necessarily going to you know petition to run one of the nodes. But but the way we look at it is. Look, our AUM is is taking off. It's growing, you know, a thousand percent month over month type growth uh, uh, since the beginning of the year. Um, so that's our that's our core business. And as our AUM grows for the underlying protocol that we launched, so for example, Polkadot, um, our DOT product product went from you know zero to kind of 58, 60 million now. Once you get to a specific level of underlying DOT that you have on your balance sheet, um, you can run one of their nodes. And so 
you know, our, our business model is really, really simple. Um, you know, the miners have a real cost center just in terms of infrastructure and what they have to put in place to actually mine the underlying um, Ethereum or Bitcoin. We basically have a, a revenue model that's, that's, that's basically just us and our fixed costs. So our margins are effectively 80, 90%. And so you have that AUM business that, that really drives our revenues and the valuation of our company. Um, but then you can layer in these VC returns and these governance returns, which, you know, uh, historically people have made millions of dollars running these nodes, right? Like you, you have guys who have just sort of accumulated node, node management businesses and are, are turning that into, you know, retirement funds um, many times over. And so we, we just, as our AUM grows in Solana, you know, and once we get into the metaverse, once we get into gaming, once we, we launch some of these other products like Uniswap, um, you know, we'll, we'll look to, to run nodes on all of them. And you can generate anywhere from one to two million bucks a year in terms of sort of, sort of yield-driven, token-driven uh, revenues. And if you're doing, um, like the math that I tell the people is, if we get to a billion in AUM, we'll do about 90 to 100 million in revenue. But then you layer in the node management business, you bring in another 10 to 20 million. Then you bring in the VC returns, you bring in another 10 to 20 million. And that that makes for a very, very profitable and uh, handsome return for investors. Got it. And talk to me about your balance sheet, right? So we've seen, obviously, yeah. a number of other publicly traded companies. Uh, let's start with kind of the big ones. So we've got MicroStrategy, Square, and Tesla. They've okay. gone ahead and they've put anywhere between kind of 2% to 90 plus percent of their balance sheet in Bitcoin. We've seen a number yeah. of the miners go ahead uh, that are publicly listed and they're putting uh, Bitcoin mostly, but uh, some uh, Ethereum miners also putting uh, Ethereum on their balance sheets. We also now see public yeah. pension funds, uh, things like yeah. the Houston Firefighters Department buying Bitcoin and ETH. Uh, what, how do you guys deal with this? Because you guys are dealing with so many different uh, communities and technologies and assets. Like, how do you think about yep. your balance sheet and, and managing that? So, so the, the, like, you, the, the public markets are so different than, than like the, the, the crypto ecosystem and then obviously the private markets. Our balance sheet is, is really quite robust. We have 17 to 20 million in liquid assets right now. So, so the way you look at it from a public public company perspective is, you know, are you are you cash flow positive? We luckily are cash flow positive, and we're on basically uh, a, a trend to be extremely cash flow positive, and and I would argue are incredibly undervalued right now, um, uh, both in Canada and the U.S. Uh, on our public listings. So so our balance sheet we look at, you know, how much Bitcoin, how much Ethereum, how much Polkadot, how much whatnot do we have. We generate, generate all our revenues from either management fees or staking revenues or trading flows. Um, and, and then really it's about protecting your shareholders and not diluting your shareholders. And so as we generate more cash flow, one, one of the, the I don't know, I, I, we're, we're discussing at the board whether that cash is better off being reinvested into the underlying protocols um, because you know there's no yield market in the world anymore. And if you can actually... Uh, take a hundred million in revenue, ninety million in profits. If if our margins hold true, um, and you can reinvest, you know, ninety million of that into Bitcoin after you know your fixed costs and whatnot are paid, and you get exposure to effectively the fastest growing ecosystem and, and investment opportunity in the world, then then you 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 really have. Uh, I don't want to call it incredible leverage, but you, you offer investors just this this doubling down effect. It's almost like being doubly exposed to that industry because we're already accumulating 
AUM and the underlying line protocols. And as they grow, obviously our AUM will grow. And as more people buy our products, our AUM will grow. But then if you can actually, you know, hodl um, and buy Bitcoin, hodl it, buy Ethereum, hodl it, then maybe you even get those minor type leverage returns, which, which is something we are thinking about. We just haven't made a decision on it yet. Got it. Talk to me about regulation, right? Obviously being a publicly yeah. traded company, I think that's the most fascinating part about this entire thing is all the things you're talking about. Most people would be like, oh, there's uh, questions around regulation. You're a publicly traded company. So how do you guys yeah. think about regulation, both of yourselves and of some of these uh, uh, products or ecosystems? Yeah, look, I think regulation, uh, as I was suggesting earlier, and I, I, I don't, I, I suspect your thoughts are probably aligned. I think it's going to be one of the most dominant themes in the crypto space moving forward. Um, it's effectively what the SEC is embarking on. And I think it, it really gives investors a whole other way of looking at crypto, right? Like I'm a, I'm a TradFi guy, right? Like that's where I come from. And I'll be honest with you, I missed the first, you know, seven, eight years, but so did 99% of the rest of the world. If you can actually take these protocols that are, that are currently only, you know, getting exposure to people who are, you know, trading on Coinbase or any of the other exchanges, but if you can actually put them on, um, listed regulated uh, exchanges, you nailed it. The regulate that that's a huge plus for the regulators. It's a huge plus for the SEC. Um, you know, we're basically in the midst of making a NASDAQ uh, application, which, you know, I'm very hopeful will go through very, very shortly. Uh, but the SEC is paying really, really close attention as they should, because this is a brand new industry. They did the exact same thing for, you know, cannabis, psychedelics. They did the exact same thing for the, the internet when it was basically becoming what we see now as, you know, arguably the largest sector people have invested in ever in the history of, uh, of uh, the capital markets. So yeah, no, regulation is something people need to be really, really aware of. I, I think it's a major competitive advantage for us um, because to your point, we've already ticked off those boxes. All the KYC is done. You're dealing with, you know, Euronext or the Nordic growth market or the TSX or NASDAQ. So you're actually, you're actually already two, three steps ahead of some of these other opportunities that are going to have to go through that extreme um, uh, revision that, that you're seeing happen right now with the SEC. And then when you start to think about uh, that listing in uh, on the NASDAQ, right, you, I, you yeah. can explain kind of where you guys are in that process. But obviously, we're talking about the Canadian public markets and the U.S. public markets. How do you think about the pros and cons of both of those and, and why try to cross list or, or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, the NASDAQ is the crown jewel of sort of the, the, the tech space in general. And if you look at um, Hive or Hot or Bitfarms or, you know, any of these other companies that have managed to, to start in Canada and then list on the NASDAQ, um, there, there's literally a 20, 30, sometimes 100% lift to the actual valuation because a lot of investors focus pr primarily on the US market. So Canada would be you know, that, that tiny little market and the NASDAQ would be that, that massive, massive ocean market. Um, you know, getting on that uh, would, be, would be really, really beneficial for our company. Um, it gives us exposure to, to tons of other investors because we've been basically stuck in, on the OTC markets in the U.S., which, which basically prohibits a lot of U.S. investors from getting exposure to our company. But one of the really interesting data points that I don't know a lot of people have thought through, you know, Galaxy's listed in Canada. Uh, Voyager Digital, which is, you know, a market darling is listed in Canada. Hive, Hut, all these other companies, a lot of them started off in Canada. And, and yeah, 
Um, that might be a little bit of a detriment just in terms of valuation and moving your, your, your company forward. And then getting on the NASDAQ clearly is, you know, the crown jewel of, of, of sort of global equity listings. Um, and, and literally, you just have to look to HUT, um, who I know you're, you're really familiar with. The HUT went, you know, basically from five, six bucks to 20 bucks once they listed on the NASDAQ. It was crazy. Joe, John, what questions uh, do you guys have for Russell? Hey, Russell. Uh, thanks for coming on. Nice to meet you. Yeah, so, likewise. Yeah. So my question would just be around growth. You guys have obviously grown a lot over, uh, you know, yeah. the, the, the past few months, uh, if not year, I know revenue is up a, a few hundred percent. AUM is obviously up yeah. a lot. Also just talk to me about like the biggest challenges you guys have faced or are faced while going through that growth period. Yeah. So, so really good question. Lots of, lots of, uh, sort of, uh, different aspects to it, but like, like this company didn't exist um, in December of last year. So, so we became DeFi in, in call it January, end of January, beginning of February. Um, and a lot of people wondered why we started on the Nordic growth market with all of our products. That's the NGM, basically this tiny, tiny market in Scandinavia. Um, and the reason why is, and a lot of people aren't aware of this, but, but coin shares actually started on the Nordic growth market. That's, that's literally, they basically created that company in, in Scandinavia. Our COO, Johan Wattenstrom, who, who, by the way, would be an amazing uh, interview for you guys. He, like, I think uh, for a few years, he was the largest crypto trader in the world. Um, he started XBT Provider, which is now CoinShares. Um, and so we kind of mimicked that process. And for whatever reason, the, the, the view in Europe for crypto is completely different than the view in the U.S. for crypto, at least from a regulatory environment. So the long-winded answer to your question is Europe is incredibly pro-crypto. Like Germany has all sorts of tax incentives put in place for crypto. I don't know why that divergence of thinking is occurring between the SEC and, 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 and Europe, but it is what it is. And so we're looking to build and grow basically most of our AUM there to start. We're looking to Canada. We're looking to the Middle East. But, but you know, if, if the past... Uh, nine months took us from zero to 400 million in AUM in Sweden alone. We're now listing in Frankfurt. We're going to list in Stuttgart. We're about to list on the Euronext, which for all of your uh, viewers is literally the fourth biggest market in the world. You get those products onto those exchanges. If you've gone from zero to 400, just basically in a, in a small Scandinavian country, I really see, see a world where at one, two, maybe even 3 billion in the next couple of years. Um, and if you use my sort of 1 billion equals 100 million in revenue, you can just see how quickly that growth would translate into returns for, for like a publicly listed equity. What's up, Russell? It's John. Nice to meet hey, you. Hey, how are you? I'm doing yeah, well. Yeah, likewise, likewise. I'm doing well. Um, so can you just talk about what are you most excited about for your company and the industry in general? Oh, uh, that's, that's an awesome question. Um, look, I, I, like I mentioned, I'm a TradFi guy. I was literally um, uh, a gold CEO. And, and my view was, look, gold is going to the moon. I have a master's in economics, started my PhD in economics. Um, you know, what the U.S. is doing in terms of fiat and money printing and, and basically the destruction of the value of the U.S. dollar is just bonkers to me. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It's not going to change. And, and so now you have this sector, um, and this is where I'm getting directly to your question, um, this is maybe the most exciting investment opportunity our generation, your generation, you know, many generations will see. It, it, it's, it's the chance to go back to 1994 and buy, you know, 10, 20, 100 grand of, of Amazon at pennies to where it's trading at now. So the, the most exciting thing for me is, is, is just going from this sort of staid, relatively boring sector called gold um, into 
you know, a, a, an industry where I get to talk to the likes of you guys. Uh, I mean, like it, it's an honor being on this podcast and, and, and having the background I have and, and yet getting to, to, to see people who have just so much interest in making things better and sort of disintermediating uh, this, this, this global banking system that, that has just made gazillions, you know, and, and so to be a part of, of changing the entire financial ecosystem is, is, you know, beyond uh, exciting. So it's, it's just every day picking up the phone, talking to people like you, talking to investors, looking at new protocols, looking at what like, you know, Ave is doing in the lending world, um, you know, looking at what's happening in the metaverse, you know, we're about to launch a metaverse and gaming basket. And, and my, you know, I would have thought uh, a year ago that our Bitcoin and Ethereum baskets ETPs would have been like, like, like the growth market for the company. But I have a feeling that the metaverse gaming basket is, is going to be our top performing uh, ETP. So it, this is changing every day. You guys must see like, like people like me, uh, you know, geniuses who created some of these protocols who are now billionaires. Um, it, it's just, it's changing. It's so exciting. Um, it's so uh, interesting being, being able to do this on a listed market as well. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just basically putting all of it together and just being involved in, in, in such a transformative uh, industry. Russell, you guys are in the process of launching a number of these ETPs. Um, yeah. One, talk about what your ideas there are, but also to explain like why the public market structure for those types of uh, properties are uh, so advantageous in your opinion. And who are the yeah. types of investors that you anticipate buying that stuff versus maybe participating in the private market uh, you know, aspect of this industry? Yeah. So, you know, as I was remarking before, I mean, clearly, Bitcoin adoption is going up. Clearly, Ethereum adoption is going up. Clearly, the TVL and in, in all of these DeFi protocols is going up. Um, but but even with that in context, literally the majority of the world um, can't or isn't comfortable with opening up the these unusual trading accounts that you have to do for for a Coinbase or Kraken or whatever. So so the real value proposition for us is is like bringing a protocol like Solana. Or Polkadot, or um, Anthony, to answer your question, like we're going to be launching top ten DeFi, top ten DeFi yield. Um, we're just finalizing basically baskets, um, which is going to be something new. So it's almost like a, it's almost like a diversified ETF that people can actually invest in and get get exposure to, you know, gaming and metaverse all in one, and then top ten DeFi all in one, top ten DeFi yield all in one. Um, and so it's 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 taking, you know, Solana that I think everybody should have in their portfolio, taking Ethereum that everyone should have in their portfolio and just simplifying it for the investor so that they can actually buy it on a listed regulated exchange through, you know, the, the US example would be like through your, your Charles Schwab or your TD Ameritrade account, um, just, just that in Europe. So you're actually, you're actually opening the doors even more for these nascent protocols to be adopted um, and, and, and understood by, by the general investing public, which, you know, is the biggest market in the world. And then in terms of conversations that you have with a lot of these institutional type investors or people who are interested in public market um, companies, what, what's been the general tone and how has that changed over the last year or so uh, as you've been having those conversations? It's literally been um, incredible because um, even institutions like, like I, I grew up as an insti sales guy, right? Um, insti institutional trading, ultimately corporate finance, then created my own broker dealer actually in Canada. That's, that's become a really 
um, big player in the Canadian capital markets. Um, this is um, so innovative, so transformative, so um, crazy because the institutions, when they first create their their fund pros, uh, prospectuses or their offering memorandums, they basically state where they can invest. And 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 none of them ten years ago thought that you know Coinbase was even going to exist, other than a few really really very risk taking and and opportunistic. Uh, uh, and smart people who created it. And so now what you're seeing is institutions saying, how do I get long Bitcoin without being able to open an account on Coinbase or on Kraken? How do I get long Ethereum? How do I get long Solana? And so, you know, you're seeing hedge funds that pop up that invest on all these alternative trading exchanges, but then you also have, you know, the biggest part of that investing community that can't. And so having them them being able to see and invest into a Solana um, or even just DeFi, the parent company. Like we had an institution uh, offshore that basically called us one day and just was like, we're going to buy 2.5 million shares because they actually see this as a way of getting long without having to effectively go to all their shareholders or go to all of their creators of their funds or their hedge fund committees to actually rewrite their offering memorandum or their prospectus to allow them to start investing on these alternative exchanges. They can now do it through us. And I, I think, honestly, that's going to be a real dominant theme. You saw Invesco. Um, I think it was you guys who actually tweeted it. Invesco um, is starting to launch uh, DeFi protocol, um, ETPs, ETFs. Um, you know, the, 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 the market's going to get crowded, so to speak. But if you're looking at a market that's growing two times faster than the Internet, I don't care how many people get involved, um, you know, today, tomorrow it's not going to be able to keep up with the demand that, that you're going to see from the, the traditional uh, equity investor basically jumping on board to all these protocols. Correct. Um, where can we send people to uh, find you on the internet or find yeah. out more about uh, the company? Yeah. So the website is uh, defi.tech, www.defi.tech. Um, our US symbol is DEFTF. Um, for the NASDAQ, when we get on it, it's DEFT. Um, and in Canada, it's defi.neo. Um, but that's the website you got it right there. Um, if you guys like, I'm a little bit of an unusual CEO. Um, I actually answer almost all of the, the incoming investor relations questions myself, just cause I, I think you should be involved with your investors. Um, so you can also reach me through that as well, which is, I think I R at defi.tech. Awesome, man. Listen, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I think it's uh, it's fascinating that as a publicly traded company, you, you're uh, kind of navigating so much of this um, and obviously doing a, a great job. And I've enjoyed uh, working with you guys and uh, hopefully we'll continue to do more of it. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. And thank you guys. Have uh, have an awesome Thursday and a, a great weekend. Thanks, Russell. Russell. Sounds See good, you guys buddy. later. See you. Bye-bye.